Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Illusionoid. Real treat for you. So, uh, Colin, you guys, you can hang out, out in the uh, audience if you'd like, and uh, Nug as well. Yeah. Uh, Paul and I are going to now interview of our very, our second special guest, and uh, and Chris, who do we have with us tonight? It's uh, Elliot. It's Elliot Meyer. Elliot Meyer. That's right. That's right. He's an astrophysicist, and we're going to interview him a little bit and find out exactly what it is he does, and then, based on the content of that conversation. We're gonna do another story. What do you think about that, huh? Yes! All right, Elliot Meyer, come on up to the stage. Slip a round of applause for Elliot! Yes! All right, Elliot. Uh, welcome. Welcome to the Illusionoid Podcast. How are you? I'm good. It's hard to follow that. Jeez. Is, it? Yeah. Is it hard to follow that? No, it's all right. Uh, <laughs> There we go. There we go. So, uh, you are an astrophysicist. Did I get that correct? Uh, yeah, I'm a graduate student at the uh, University of Toronto in the Department of Astronomy and Astrophysics. All right, cool. So, when was it you uh, you first became interested in actually pursuing this as a career? Uh, well, uh, you know, I went camping a lot as a kid. Yeah. Um, and whenever I was out, you know, canoeing, and you know, I grew up in Toronto. You never, when you're in Toronto, you look up in the sky, you see like a few bright things, you know, yeah. whatever. Uh, but when you actually get out there, you get to actually see everything that you're missing by you know, living in Toronto. You see the amazingness of the universe. And so that's when I became interested in physics and astronomy, and then yeah. that led me to a degree in physics and then into astronomy. So that's, is it easy to get a degree in physics? That's my question for you. It's uh, a good question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is it like be, a cakewalk? Is it a cakewalk? Uh, well, <laughs> you see, in physics... They do this awesome, amazing thing where you can do poorly, but then they, you know, say everyone does really badly, and then they. Are you serious? Yeah. So. <laughs> That's called the bell curve. Yeah. It is. Is that? Wow, fantastic! No, I'm, I'm sure you're joking, right? Uh, well, it's. <laughs> it wasn't easy, but okay. uh, it, it's. No, it's it's interesting and it's fun. So that's that's what. You know, made well, we're uh, as you can probably tell, we're all uh, sort of nerdy and science buffs. Uh, all of us here, and, and illusionoid, including Colin Mockery as well. And um, so, tell us in a in a if you can, in a word, what is it you do on a daily basis? One word. <laughs> Computer. Okay. All right. What do you think? Uh, we should elaborate. Yeah, let's elaborate on that. Yeah. All right, uh, a little bit more, a little bit more. So uh, you show up, you show up in the morning, right? Uh, and what do you what do you start doing? Well, right now we're, I'm building this uh, cool instrument that is basically like a really complicated version of the dark side of the moon cover. Oh. You know, it takes white light and splits it up on all the different colors. Prism. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. You, it's been made. It's been Sorry to burst yeah. the bubble. Yeah. So. Uh, but that just takes a single beam of white light. But what we do is we take a full picture, and then we get a, another picture of every single different color from that, that one picture that we um, take. So we can see all different colors of a big object right at the same time. Okay. You have to explain that Yeah, again. I'm a little lost. Yeah, so what we do you already mean? lost so, Okay, this. so uh, you've got an object in space. You'd be looking at a, an interstellar object, let's say a star, a bright star. Mm -hmm. All right. And so what, what happens with your device now? So we point it at the star. Yep. Or in our case, what we're, what we're looking at is big things that are much bigger than stars, like galaxies okay. or, or nebula. Um, and what our thing can do is they can look at the entire nebula, which is, you know, a big thing on the sky. Yeah. Um, and instead of just taking one picture, it tells us how much light is coming from it at every different, you know, wavelength of light or every different color. Ah, I see. And what okay. it does is it works in the near-infrared, so it's not even looking at light that we can see, it's looking at light that has a little bit longer of a wavelength than what we can see. And that... Uh, 
that goes through the universe a lot easier, so we can see much, much further away. So the universe is more transparent to that kind of light. Yeah. So that's what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. So can, uh, I, can I interject a question? Course. Does that mean, that, so do all light sources emit color, uh, uh, light in every color? That's, well, things like stars do, yeah. And stars yeah. are, you know, the most of what's in the universe. Uh -huh. So stars emit some light in basically every single different color. Wow. Yeah. All right. So uh, I'm caught up. I'm caught up. I'm caught up. Yeah. So uh, uh, why? Why are you doing that? Uh, so why am I <laughs> what I want to find out is uh, whether stars that are forming in other galaxies, so yeah. uh, the Andromeda galaxy or galaxies a little bit closer, you know, or that's where the strain away. comes from, all right? The Andromeda, the Andromeda strain. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Just, just, just uh, making sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to see whether the stars that are forming there are this. They form in the same way that they do here in the Milky Way. Okay. Um, and if that's not true, it's been an assumption that that is true. Right. Um, and if that's not true, then that could change our understanding of how stars form in the first place. It could change um, how we understand galaxies because it's all based on what kinds of stars form. So when we, we look at galaxies and we try to figure out what's in that galaxy, we make some assumptions about what's there because we can't actually see the stars because they're so far away. Right, too small. So if we assume that there's, you know, this number of big stars and this number of small stars, and that tells us, you know, how the galaxy became to be, how it formed, you know, how it's moving, um, and all other different, how, how massive it is, tons of other different properties. And if that assumption's wrong, then a lot of other things could be wrong. Oh. Can I throw a question in? Yeah. Um, how, here in a nutshell, uh, how do stars form in our galaxy? Good question. You get, very basically, you have a big ball of gas. Yeah. Eventually, that ball of gas cools down, <laughs> collapses, and forms a star. Under, under what force? Gravity. gravity. Gravity, yeah. All right, so let's talk gravity. It's what great. is gravity? It's a solid segue. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, Newton would say that gravity is this force that acts instantaneously. There's nothing you know, particular, just it's a thing that exists. Uh, but then Einstein came along and told us that gravity is actually caused by uh, the curvature of space-time. And so all things that are massive actually affect space-time. So you can imagine you have this big rubber sheet, and you put like a bowling ball in the middle, it curves it down. Um, and that curving, so you put a marble on that sheet now, it falls towards the bowling ball. That, that's what gravity really is, except oh. that's in higher dimensions, so we can't really perceive it. We just feel it as a force. Wow. Which is gravity. All right, all right. So, so uh, the gas that uh, becomes the star eventually uh, is, is uh, in this warped space, and it starts moving towards uh, a central point of that warped space? Yeah, so eventually the, the star gets or the, whatever, the cloud gets big enough or yeah. ma has enough mass that it just starts to self-gravitate. It starts to just start collapsing. Mm. Um, and then as it collapses, it starts to heat up. Um, and over, as it heats up, you know, it's emitting light, uh, just like our star is doing. It's emitting light. That's, you know, how, why we're here. Um, and uh, as it emits light, it loses energy. You know, um, a star's life is really just a big battle between um, gravity and it's a battle against gravity. It's, it's, all our sun is doing is just trying to stop from collapsing to a single point. Uh -huh. And what it does is, you know, it collapses, things heat up. When you compress something, it heats up. Uh, and that produces a force that pushes things out. And so eventually the star uh, keeps collapsing and collapsing um, until it gets hot enough in its core where it starts to actually get an energy source, which is nuclear fusion. Um, and that's, that energy source pushes it out and makes it nice and steady so we have a star that we can live around for 10 billion years. 10 billion years, all right, that was my next question. So, uh, the, so you're saying the sun will last like about 10 billion years. So how old is the sun now? About five. About five billion. And in about a billion and a bit, it will probably get hot enough because yeah. it heats up over time yeah. uh, to you know, blow off and burn off our atmosphere. So in one billion years? About a billion, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> make, uh, make peace with things. So uh, before that time, what do we need to do? How do we avoid that? Well, do we need to? <laughs> I'd like to avoid that. Let's go for it. What are you talking about? Is there anything we can Let's do like to shoot stop ourselves this? into that? What? Let's just shoot ourselves just into it. Lean into this. I don't want to be a nihilist, but oh. maybe one day we should just slingshot our own planet into the sun. Well, slingshot. I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. They're just bored at that time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, <laughs> 
Interstellar travel, is that possible? Yeah, That's my for question sure. for you. Interstellar yeah. travel. Yeah. And under conventional physics, you can travel to other stars. You just got to wait a while. Okay, so we're talking like a multi-generational uh, slave ship, right? <laughs> we would have to build. You, you, could, you could do that, or yeah. you, you, know, you could do the inter interstellar thing where they have the, like, the humankind bomb or whatever, where they could grow the humans when they get to the destination. They don't actually have to oh. bring, the, bring the people with them. Oh, yeah. I see. So you just take like, DNA and stuff, yeah. and then you reconstitute, like, uh, just add water. When you get back yeah. there, right? That, that's the usual thing. Yeah. Add water and licorice, right? The yeah. sea monkey licorice. solution. The sea monkey solution. That's what they call it. That's what you called that. Right? You coined that phrase, right? The sea monkey solution. Just right now. Is, yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah. Uh, have you heard of the Fermi paradox? I have, yeah. And so that's... Moving on. No. I just wanted to, okay. just wanted to see if you heard of it. No. Please, let's elaborate. Well, you know, uh, I say we can go out and colonize other worlds or travel to other stars because of a thing called special relativity. Yeah. That uh, means that when you travel really fast, close to the speed of light, um, time relative to you goes really slow. So if you're traveling fast enough, you could get to another star easily within another lifetime. The problem is that back here on Earth, for the people that are left behind, it will be however long. So you know, say you want to go to the closest star, yeah. uh, which is four light years away. Okay. No matter what, the people here would have to wait four years for you to get there. But it could take you, if you're going fast enough, you know, a month or so. Wow. So, but four years would pass here on four Earth. Four years would pass here. All right. This so, is the central premise of uh, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's true. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 I don't Char want to Charlton Heston. Uh, uh, spoil the ending, but yes, he traveled. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah. Very quickly through space and yeah. time. He was, uh, <clears throat> they, they had, uh, I loved, I loved, uh, I loved the, uh, the premise of uh, Planet of the Apes because they had uh, three guys on board and one woman, right? And one of, the, one of those guys was Charlton Heston, of course. One of those guys was a black guy. One of those guys had a beard. Uh, when they when they land on the planet of the apes, they look at <laughs> a rock. Uh, right, has broken the uh, the stasis uh, container for the woman, and she's now a skull with like a with a blonde wig on. And they and Trump has to say something like, "My God, we're fucked." <laughs> Reverse to that effect, right? <laughs> like that, like that, that was, was going to be great for her, part. right? Like the, in any scenario, that was going to be a good time for her. No. No, 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 <laughs> no. So uh, the Fermi paradox, Elliot, uh, is this is this idea? Maybe this will be one of the few last things we talk about. I got a question after this. Okay, <laughs> yeah, loaded up. We'll come to you guys' questions too. Um, uh, that, uh, that why don't we see aliens, right, in the universe? Why don't we see aliens everywhere in the universe? The idea here is that uh, the universe is old enough that some civilization somewhere should have evolved to the point where interstellar travel, as you just described a couple of minutes ago, was possible, feasible, and actually doable, and should have uh, disseminated themselves through the universe. But we don't see that. Do you have an, uh, an answer for why we don't? There's a lot of you know, possible explanations for that. You know, that you know, like you said, it's possible. You could, even, even in like 10 million years or so, if we could go fast enough, we could colonize the entire galaxy. Yeah. But as far as we know, we don't see anything. No. Um, so you know, there's explanations that uh, maybe aliens are talking to each other in a way that we can't see. Right. Or maybe there's some big event that happens to all civilizations that just basically they die off. That's pretty pessimistic. It's pretty pessimistic. Well, it, it's a pretty sad topic. You know, yeah. you, you, look, you look around, you don't see anyone here. So why, it makes you think, why, why are we the special ones? Could it be that we are the first? That uh, we very well could be the first. As H.P. Lovecraft. It have taken 13 billion years, and here we are. Yeah. Seriously. Could it be that? Could it be that? It could be that, yeah. Think about that. <laughs> okay, I have a question. The first sentient civilization in the universe, guys. And we made a Duck Dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we made Duck Dynasty, that's yeah. right. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> Thanks. What was yeah. the question? Oh, yeah, here's my question. Yeah. Uh, I read a long time ago in A Brief History of Time, and I, I put the book down shortly after this, because <laughs> uh, who's finished that book? Have you finished that book? This isn't my question. Oh, a long time ago, but yeah, I did. Okay, okay. all right. Um, uh, okay, so uh, using the Doppler effect, you probably know where I'm going with this. They, uh, <laughs> they, uh, they were able to tell. They they figured, okay, we can use the Doppler effect, uh, infrared and ultraviolet. Uh, uh, to see which direction stars are moving in, moving away from us or moving towards us, right? And uh, in that book, so the last time 
I checked in, uh, they, it had, it, what, what they observed was, what appeared to be, was that everything was moving away from us. Mm -hmm. Is that still the case? Yeah, that <laughs> wasn't that long ago, too. Well, you what? know, I, oh. well, that was, there's two things that I was thinking of. First of all, Hubble discovered that. And oh, he discovered shit. that everything was moving away from us. And uh, that seemed weird because, you know, that means that we're kind of special in the universe. But unless you think of it in a different way, um, like, uh, for instance, if you put a bunch of dots on a balloon and you start blowing up the balloon, is any one of those dots, like, at the center of the balloon? No, but they're all moving away from each other. So that told us that the universe is expanding. Um, and there's another thing where uh, in the late 90s, uh, it was discovered that not only are, is everything moving away from us, but it's getting faster. So eventually, everything will be so far away, we won't see anything else other than our own galaxy. So you're Oof. saying, like, uh, several generations' time, you look out in the sky, and it'll, be, it'll just be black, no be stars? Black. Yeah. We live in a pretty special time where we actually can look out and see uh, a lot of things in the universe and actually figure out what's going on. But uh, future humans in the trillions of years in the future... Hold on. The sun's going to explode in a billion years, right? <laughs> well, we're, we're hoping that we can avoid that. Oh, right, sort of right, 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 right. Yeah. That interstellar slave ship I talked about. Uh, <laughs> it's not a bad idea, right? No, I mean, yeah. it works, I will be, before. Yeah, I'll be right. some kind of a future Kunta Quinte. And I will be an Eloy. <laughs> <laughs> or an Epsilon Semimora. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, do we have any questions for yeah. Elliot? Oh, oh yeah. gosh, what's yeah. Your, what's yes. your name, young man? Uh, Oliver. Oliver, what high school do you go to, Oliver? <laughs> <laughs> I saw in a uh, documentary that uh, when you look at stars or galaxies from far away and the spectrum that comes back, the gaps in that uh, not only tell you what, uh, what light uh, is coming from there, but also what elements are, it makes up. Is that part of what you're, uh, you're doing? Yeah, it's, ex it's exactly what I'm doing. It's, it's something called uh, spectroscopy. Um, and it's this amazing thing uh, that basically made astronomy into like, a really, really good science is that uh, at the turn of the century, last century, they discovered that all different elements in the universe emit very particular colors of light. And same with molecules and everything. Uh, and so since they emit those colors, they also absorb those colors depending on what's going on. Um, and so when, you, when various elements are illuminated by a uh, you know, regular light source, those extra colors either get absorbed or emitted, and we can tell here uh, what then figure out what those elements are and actually tell what other stars or galaxies are what they're made out of. So before that, all you could do is just take a picture and some people were saying, we will never know what the universe is made of. Maybe they made of the same stuff as us. We don't know. But this allowed us to, and you know, you look 10 billion years ago, really, really far away and you see the exact same colors of light being emitted by say carbon or oxygen. It's really cool. So is this the same process that they use to, uh, or maybe potentially will use to examine the, uh, the composition of uh, atmospheres around uh, exoplanets? It's what they're doing right now, yeah. yeah. So what they do is they uh, wait for, they look for stars where they have a planet that's passing in front of it. And you can tell that by looking at, at the star over a long period of time and seeing how much light you're receiving from it. If it dips down, that tells you that something's passing in front of it because you're getting less light. Right. Uh, so you, you take a spectrum, you get the light and figure out what elements you see when there's no planet there, and you then do it again when the planet's in front, you subtract the two, and then that'll give you an idea. Of what it's that simple. That simple. <laughs> are, are we on an exoplanet? Is this an, ex is this an exoplanet we're on right now? Yeah, to the guys next door, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right on, oh, right on. Okay, I'm, pu I'm putting it together, what an exoplanet <laughs> is. Uh, do we have another question? Uh, yeah, right back there. Uh, Ralph? Hi, Ralph, what high school do you go to? Uh, Mass Secondary? Yeah! Go Trojans, yeah. Okay, so the universe is expanding, uh, and the expansion is increasing, and certain uh, galaxies are moving away faster than the speed of light. Is this correct? And if yes, how is that possible? Because I thought nothing could move faster than the speed of light. Great question. Oh, he's mad. Busted! <laughs> Thank you, Ralph. I'm not here to play gotcha, Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going gotcha. <laughs> to give you a very uh, unsatisfying answer to that. Shit! Uh, <laughs> That's exactly what we want. For, like the, the real answer is that it's, it's possible for galaxies to be moving far, uh, faster than the speed of light away from us because they're not physically moving at that speed. What they're doing is that the space is expanding between us and them. And so if you imagine that you have um, a bunch of dots, right? 
in a, in a line, and the spaces between the dots are in, you know, growing by a little bit. And as you go further away, you add up that speed of moving away just by a little bit. They're still moving less than the speed of light, but eventually all those you know, expansions add up to where you're actually going faster than the speed of light. Why, why is dark matter repulsive rather than like... <laughs> Busted! <laughs> uh, dark matter is actually attractive because it's matter. It sure uh, is. Um, it's, <laughs> dark, dark energy is the thing that we don't really understand. It, that was invoked to explain the reason why the universe is, the expansion of the universe is accelerating. You know, they figured out in the late 90s that this is what's happening, and so they're like, so we gotta figure out something with our models to, to make it work. Between so, you and me, between you and me, all right? <laughs> because, all right, between you and me, what is dark matter? <laughs> so there's, there were two ideas of what yeah. dark matter is. Right. First of all, we can't see it. Okay. We can only figure out that it's there from the way it interacts with things. And it only interacts gravitationally. Yeah. No, not with You're skirting the issue. So there were, there were two ideas. <laughs> and I'm not making this up. All right. There were two different kinds of objects that they thought dark matter was. Right. The first one was called uh, WIMPs, okay. weakly interacting massive particles. Okay. And the next one was called machos. So Get out wimp, of here. WIMPs and machos. <laughs> Which uh, idea won? Right? The, the they, WIMPs did, won. Were these scientists in a oh. frat? <laughs> you know yeah, well, probably not, right? <laughs> Sorry. Not. All right, all right. <laughs> You'll find that the scientists, especially astronomers, really like to force the acronyms. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I worked uh, on a, with a segue. Uh, I worked uh, on an instrument that the name of the instrument was called, the acronym was Sauron. Get out. <laughs> no. So they, for, they forced it. I looked up, you know, what the acronym means. And I couldn't find some of the words anywhere else. So they yeah. really forced that one. Um, <laughs> and the, They're making up words they to have, pick they acronyms? Have, they had this code that Sweet. reduced the data that they got and made it you know, all nice so they can investigate it. And they called that program uh, Gandalf. Get out of here. And they, they worked it out. And they, they got all the actual... Let's see. Uh, let's, let's, let's do the acronym for Gandalf. Gravitational. <laughs> uh, attractive. Nebulous. <laughs> uh, Dyson sphere. <laughs> Atom. Laser beam. Force. Force. Yeah. There you go. There we I go. think that that was it. That was yeah. it. Nice job. Yeah. Um, but back to the original. Yes. Yeah. Back to the original um, question. Machos were basically, you know, invisible objects that you know that. Emit light that we, but they're so weak that we can't see, like black holes, uh, other planets that are just floating around out there, um, really, really dim stars. Uh, and they crunched the numbers and they figured out that uh, there weren't enough of them, that according to what we understand about the universe, there couldn't be enough of them ah, to explain mm. all the dark matter that we see. So what do they think it is? And so they think it's these things called wimps. Yeah. They don't uh -huh. know what the wimps are yet. Yep. That's. And they and it stands they once again for weakly interacting massive particle. Weakly W E A. Okay. W. No, 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 but it's not. It's not every week, which is oh, the first no, thing no, I thought. No, it's yeah. not every week. Yeah, yeah. It's not weekly strong. interacting. Not strong, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I have a theory of what dark matter is. Go for it. I think that dark matter is uh, another manifestation of matter that exists on a parallel dimension known as a brain, which is uh, like a, like short for membrane. Uh, and, and it exists at perpendicular angles to our space. And as such, we cannot see it. We can only see its effect, which is transferred through gravity. What do you think? You said enough complicated words there that I'm, I'm, I bought it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Nice job. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Elliot Meyer right fantastic. here. He's the real deal. I could have talked about this all night. This I has know, been I awesome. Yeah, 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 it's fantastic. Thank you, Elliot. Boy, 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 I learned a lot. <laughs> to summarize, yeah. uh, Elliot is studying. Oh, what was that? What was your actual field again? It was. Super uh, look at extra galactic objects, so other galaxies. Yeah. Oh, extra galactic objects, studying uh, the light, ob observing the light yeah. that comes out of them to study the the way that suns take shape in other galaxies. Colin, we Colin. learned about wimps and machos. I know. I. Uh, I made some interesting theories while you guys were talking. Oh, oh very cool. good, very you, good. Would you care to share one of those theories? Well, one was I made the right career choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Not a theory, nice. just nice. an accurate fact. Yeah. Just an accurate, absolute uh, fact. All right. So, so uh, based on 
Uh, some things we heard during that. Should we get a title? We get we'll get a title. Let's get a color. Yeah, let's get a color. Yeah. Indigo. Indigo. Oh. The most, un I would say the least used That's of the color. rainbow. Yeah. Uh, and the name of an astral body. Oh, I love the it. The indigo of Sharon. Nice. Oh, I love it. Wow. Yeah. All right. Let's do the this. indigo of Sharon. Indigo and uh, Sharon is uh, Gord. We'll double check. Sure. Elliot. Yes. Got thumbs, thumbs up. up. Yeah, thumbs up. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Pluto's done. Moon. Yeah, here we well done, everybody. Yeah. yeah I know. Hey, uh, guys. It's a collective IQ. Try not to repeat word for word what Elliot was saying. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do our best. You're right. We'll you're right. Do our best. That would right. bore. Yeah, that would yeah, just be like redundant. Yeah. Indigo of Sharon. Indigo of Sharon. And we start. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And uh, we'll do a last man, right? Oh, right. Oh, and right. now. Good. Tonight's transmission. Good evening! Or afternoon. Perhaps morning. If you are wasting your time listening to this instead of getting around to what you need to be doing. But then, think about it. This is what you need to be doing! Listening to me! warn you of the future. So get on it. Put down your coffee or your canapé or your cocktail. Depending on when you are listening to this. And get right close in and, and hear me. For I am about to send you a warning. From the future to your present, my past. It's evening where I am. <laughs> In your future, galactic bodies will be studied with telescopes, that look at colors. I don't have time to get into it with you. <laughs> but it will reveal some amazing shit. But none so terrifying as what is discovered on Sharon. 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 Not the Israeli prime minister. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sharon. Yes, yes, sir. Uh, uh, I was just about to go off duty, sir. Is I know. I just wanted. Yeah, I just wanted to double check. Is this, has this telescope been pointing the same direction the entire evening? Um, just let me have a look. I, I calibrated it just before my shift began. Right, it, but you didn't change the direction. Mm, oh, I, I might have nudged it. <laughs> I might have nudged it. Sorry, Sharon. You know you're not supposed to nudge the instruments. I, oh, sir. I, it's my first week. It's my first week. And, well, it was uh, the second thing you were told. I know. Don't nudge. What was the first thing? <sighs> Do whatever you say. And what was the second thing? Don't nudge the instruments. Right. Is it help if I say I'm sorry? Yeah, a little bit. I'm sorry. Thank you. All right. But I'm asking because it's pointed in a place we've never pointed it before, and we are getting interesting readings. Oh, well then, I did it on purpose. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna say you're lying. Okay, you can you say that. You told me you nudged it, and it doesn't. I don't sound recall like saying that. No. Well played, Sharon. You're welcome. <laughs> but uh, at least thank you for admitting it, because we would not have ever discovered this in important information had you not nudged it. So I'm gonna say you discovered this information. This is, this is Sharon's discovery. Well, Sharon, your name's Sharon. Sharon, right? that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can we? Can you call me Sharon? <laughs> I'll have to check with my supervisor. All right. Sir, 
yeah. Uh, I haven't. Let me hold on. I got to take my earbuds out. Uh, what are you listening to? Uh, atonal dissonance. <laughs> I haven't heard that one yet. It just got dropped on Tuesday. What? How's how's this one go? Oh, let me put some on for you. Cool. Really dance to it. That's that's, yeah. that's heavy. Sharon, yeah. I'm trying to talk to my supervisor. I'm oh, sorry, uh, sir. Uh-huh. Wait, uh, hold on. Let me just turn it off. Thank you. Okay. Um, I'm gonna. I have to come to you with this because I'm. I'm your supervisor. That's right. Yep. Uh, Sharon. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's only been here a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, nudged one of our instruments, and it's now pointed to a place it's never been pointed to before. And we're getting some very interesting readings. She's she, only been here a week, you say? She has, but so she's, she's weekly interacting with. Uh, yes. Just for a week. That's right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You. Um, yeah, of course. But yeah. here's the thing. That while we're still, this data is unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. But the, the thing I'm coming to you about is that Sharon would like to be called Sharon from, from now on. She's only been here a week. It's really just a shift in emphasis. I am trying to talk to my supervisor. All right. <sighs> I got to go upstairs with this. Okay. Oh, God. He'll be right back, Sharon. Well, yeah. what am I supposed to do in the meantime? In the meantime, let's look at the data. All right. And we'll let uh, my supervisor go upstairs. Gosh, Thank you, you, sir. you still use a dot matrix printer. Professor Carstairs? Yes, wait, I'm just curving something to check out the gravity theory I just came up with in the shower. Oh, yeah. Look at that. You installed a rubber mat in the bottom of your shower. It's not a rubber mat. Okay, listen, I don't need to know what... It looks like rubber. Yeah? But it's made of a metal unknown previously until now. (laughs) So you were the first person to know this metal? Well, I made it. That's amazing. What do you call it? I'm not good at naming things. <laughs> I, I'm a, I prefer to look at facts and then deal with that. So if somebody gave me the name, I would accept it. Well, there's this... Uh, one of our interns downstairs, uh, Sharon. Yeah. Um, well, she interacted with uh, oh. an instrument. Is, a, oh, is this a weekly thing she's doing? <laughs> well, it's the first week, and yes, she did, so I'm going to say yeah, because all the evidence points to that. Did she do it in a strong manner or a weak manner? Uh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Uh, I, I have to wait. i got to go back downstairs. <laughs> Sharon. Just I one g- second. Yeah. yeah. Hi. I need to know if Sharon interacted with that thing in a weakly or strong manner. I mean, uh, I know it was a nudge, but... Professor Brian Bilberry, I will find out. All right. Sharon. Uh, yes. Oh, we, more data coming in. Amazing. <laughs> when you nudged this, did you do it in a strong way or a weak way? It, well, I, I just glanced at it, so I'm going to say it was a weak a way. Weak. It was, sounds like, uh, Dr. Brian Bilberry, it sounds like it was a weak interaction. Going back upstairs. Thank you. <laughs> she weakly nudged mm-hmm. the Meyer scope. It, it doesn't really matter. I tried to stop you as you were heading downstairs. I just wanted to know. Uh, this information is really useless to me. It doesn't matter how I'm hard sorry. you nudged it. It was nudged. That's the important thing. I'm, sorry. I'm a scientist. So. Uh, what did you come up here for anyway? I can't even remember. <laughs> she nudged it. You were talking and about she's Sharon. found some interesting readings. And, uh, you know, I should have actually gotten more information before I came upstairs. But we want to name the readings after her. And she want, you know, now that I'm saying it, it sounds silly. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to name your shower this, for this metal Sharon. Yeah. Oh, my, oh my God. God. That's it. Sir, yeah. Dr. Dan Brambleberry, Professor Carstairs, the indigo alarm is going off to the, to the Brambleberry Carstairs polls. What? I, I, I didn't make that out. To the Brambleberry Carstairs oh, polls. Oh, well, yeah. The, we can no, use the fire polls if you want. I'll just go downstairs. All right. All right. Uh, Sharon, this is... Oh, my God. Well, you know Dr. Brambleberry. Oh. This is Professor Carstairs. He runs Carstairs. the Institute. Sir, I... Whew, I didn't think I'd get to meet you until I'd been here at least a couple of weeks. Very oh. nice meeting you. We don't have time for this. Oh, oh, by the way, I named the medal Sharon. You did? I used your name, but just changed the emphasis a little. Wow, that's so smart. That's really an honor, sir. I that's why he say. runs the Institute. Wow. That's and that's why he only needs to be wearing that towel. Yeah. What's the indigo data? Here it is right here. She, she nudged the Meyer scope. It's pointed directly at uh, Pluto, and we're getting these readings. Pure indigo light is emitting from one of the moons of Pluto. Pure indigo light? Pure indigo light. My God, this is something we've been working on for how long now? It's exactly why the indigo alarm went off. Years, decades. I mean, for you, you know, for years we've been able to see both blue and ultraviolet, but never indigo. indigo. The hardest one to see. Yeah. Gentlemen. 
If I may be so bold, I know I've only been here a couple of weeks, but one wait, one week, one week. Otherwise, I gotta change the data. No, yeah, I understand. Wait, no, I just been a week. I brought upstairs I'm into my second, but it's only been the one. We need to get to that moon. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, you're saying we yeah, need to get very to the very words. easy to <laughs> comprehend. Scientists, that, that's we simple. are scientists, Sharon. I understand that. I'm just an intern, but that could mean that there is some kind of extraterrestrial life looking to communicate with us. Is that what that could mean? It could. I thought it was just a certain color of light coming no. from. The, you know, indigo I, can only be synthesized by sentient life. It can't oh. be occurring naturally. Oh. <laughs> Here goes my boner. Uh, <laughs> I've told you about this on the job. This is why we usually don't have women working here with Listen. us because of this exact reason. Uh, Professor Carstairs, I hired Sharon, and I and I I admit that I fully didn't look at her resume, it sounds like she knows way more about science than she's letting on. That's fine. I don't usually listen to women, but this sounds like a good idea. Oh my god. So we maybe should investigate this moon, see where this indigo uh, signal has come from. Well, there's three of us. That's enough to make up a full complement of a spaceship. Well, I'm still here, yeah, There's Sharon. four of us. There's four of us. Four of us. Oh my god. So math is not your strong point. Not exactly. All right. I nudge things. But you think outside the box, and that's something we need, because we're constantly thinking inside the box. You're right. This what whole laboratory is shaped like a box. I know. Why are we thinking inside it? We should have made it uh, at least like, with a, an extra side. Prism-shaped. Well, that's idiotic. Okay. <laughs> but what if, what if we take this cube-shaped laboratory... Box-shaped. Box-shaped laboratory, and retrofit it with a couple of thrusters, we could... We could pull away from Earth's gravity and be on our way to Sharon. We're way ahead of you. Let We've do been some flying for the last hour, Sharon. Oh my God, we're already en route. Yep, and just a couple of thrusters is all it took. And now, we're not there yet. Maybe we are. It's hard to tell with all this time-space stuff. We need to check the speedometer. Oh, I'll check it right here. Hold on. It says fast. Everyone we know is dead. <laughs> I don't think you have any uh, facts to back that up, do you? Sorry, I just, I just took down my own boner just thinking about that. Uh, Professor Brambleberry, can I ask you something? Yes. I know that you got hired because of your great research and development of the boner alarm. Yeah. But could you turn it off? He can't. It helps with my gravity theory. Oh. My mistake. Uh, I thank you, Professor. I Carson. couldn't turn it off if I wanted to. I think I see where this is going. I the hope three you're of wrong, you, Sharon. <laughs> the three of you, everyone dead on Earth, a Plutonian moon looming in front of us. It's time for us to restart civilization, gentlemen. We're not even there yet, Sharon. I, uh, we just landed. Oh, sorry. We are there, Sharon. And you, with your boner alarm. Yep. <laughs> That's the name of my thesis. <laughs> this is far out of outside of my wheelhouse. I uh, facts is all. I, I'm not very good at the uh, sexual thing or keeping the civilization going. It's not yeah. really what I'm in. Yeah, yeah. We should focus on the task at hand and, oh, yeah, and discover the sentient life that right. is somewhere on this of planet. Oh, says the of boner course. Man. It's just that my biological window is closing, gentlemen. <laughs> and if this doesn't happen now, it's never going to happen. Sharon, I well, feel like you've come here with an ulterior motive. I did. I'm a spinster, <laughs> but I've always had one desire. That's to do science, nudge a microscope, and get pregnant. Well, we're bachelors, a much nicer term than spinster. Yeah, it is. I won't call myself a bachelorette. Why don't we see how things develop as we're investigating the... Yeah, I kind of don't want to dive in on anything. I want to solve the mystery of the indigo lights. It's only been a week you've been working, right? Like, we yeah. barely know you. Okay. All right. Well, get you to... don't even know my name. Reggie? Oh, well, she does know my name. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're wearing a name tag. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Gentlemen right. and lady. Thank you. Shall we travel to the surface of Sh Sharon? I had just opened the door. You didn't even check for atmosphere? Helmets on! Oh, oh yeah! Oh, oh, a little uh, more warning uh, next time! Okay, we're fine. All right, everything's, everything's fine. 
God, look at look at the entire moon is indigo. Yeah, amazing. Everything. It's like a, a glowing aura. It's like it's from the earth. It's like a cool dance club. Yeah, it's like yeah. black light. It's Almost. like uh, the bottom of uh, every douchebag's car in Scarborough. Such an ancient reference. Yeah. Well, I try to remember Scarborough every day of every, every day once a year, ever since it was wiped off the face of the earth. Yeah. For Wait, the my betterment of humanity. My spectrodynometer is coming up with something here. <laughs> Told you. It shows that there's a, a power source about 15 meters dead dead ahead of us. Oh, one meter. Two, Two meters. meters. Three. Three meters. Wait, it's getting further away? Yeah. No, the we're getting. How is it moving? I don't know. It's moving away from us. It's, it's going. It's picking up wait, speed. Wait, it's turning around. It's coming at us. Oh, that's not good. That's, that's probably not good. Gentlemen, there, behind that rock. <gasps> Another rock. And behind that rock? <laughs> a whole cow. Cow. A space this cow? That's impossible. There's no way a cow should be able to survive on this the moon. The and cows of Pluto are only a myth. Unless, unless, unless. Unless? unless. Just hear me out. I'm listening. We sent, some mavericks sent the seeds of cow life into space to find a place out there where cows could germinate, spawn, free from butchery hormones live life the way they deserve to the way they earned it just hanging on pluto free free those are legends and suppose that those cows lived long enough to learn a crude alphabet <laughs> and some kind of common currency or a trading system wow well once outside of the lab you really do think outside the box i don't know i guess i'm just into cows you should milk it. We need more facts. Does this cow have milk? Well, let me check. Yes, it does. Get off of that cow, jeez. I'm a spinster. <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna reach under it and start pulling on its teeth. You guys watch me, okay? <gasps> Come on, Sharon. Sharon. This is a scientific expedition. Professor Carstairs, look, the milk is indigo. Weirdly, my boner alarm is not going up. <laughs> I don't think it's that weird. <laughs> hey, I just thought of something. We should maybe put a container under the cow to collect the milk. Yeah, it's just spilling all over the, the Sharonian soil. <laughs> Wait, look, there's, there's plant life sprouting from where the milk hit the soil. You've germinated the seeds in the dirt of Sharon and have grown life from milk, plant Dairy. life from indigo milk. Dairy-based flora? <laughs> oh, this fits into our theories perfectly. <laughs> oh, they thought we were mad. Yeah, and they made quite a fuss about how mad we were. Yeah. Remember, they pointed at us and called us names. And well, we made a, whole, we made a real stink at that party. Well... I thought the inflatable cows was a nice visual tool when they just thought we were nuts. But now, proven right. Gentlemen, the, the, the flowers keep growing. There's no stopping them. They're, they're not stopping at regular flower height. In fact, they're towering over us now. They're reaching up higher and higher through the thin Sharonian atmosphere, to those gossamer clouds that loom overhead. Let's climb them. Well, that seems like a All right, I can't think of no other thing to do right now. Here we go. Are you expecting some sort of Jack and the Beanstalk experience I, I, I don't know. I just thought possible. everything, the, right now it's just a cow and these vines, or plants, giant plants. What Let's else go are we going to do? I'm going to ask this cow. Cow, do you want us to climb this dairy plant? Yep, that's a yup. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, wait, wait, was that a yup? All right. A, well, let's go. It was right. a diagonal nod. Let's start climbing. Although I have to say, once it started growing, I saw the top of it, and there was nothing spectacular on it. So are you thinking that once we get up there, there's suppose something blooms up there. Suppose it's a bridge to somewhere else. Suppose it's beams of indigo light making a bridge, the indigo bridge, the fabled indigo bridge to Valhalla. There. <laughs> 
Once again, there are no facts supporting this theory, but I'm going to go along with it. To think we traveled from Earth to the moon of Pluto to just climb a giant plant to get to Valhalla. Yeah. That's amazing. It is. Let's go. It's windy up here. Windy, rainy, atmospheric. Just like Valhalla. Well, we're not in Valhalla yet. We have to ride the fabled Indigo Bridge if we want to get to Valhalla. Oh, true. This may be just the way to the bridge. I see what you're saying. Look! <gasps> that cloud looks like a ducky. Oh, my God, he's right! Wait a second. Oh, wow. It huh? is. It's a giant duck. First cows, then ducks, just like in the prophecy. Yeah, I have to refresh my memory on that. What, what prophecy was this? Oh, read your science textbooks. <laughs> well, somebody keeps ripping out the interesting chapters. Obviously, that chapter was missing from my... What, what's this theory about the ducks and the cows? The cows of Sharon point the way to the ducks of Valhalla. Clearly, two of those things have just happened. What's next? Gentlemen. Tell Brambleberry, tell... Oh, Sharon knows. Yes. This is a metaphorical journey. We're evolving as a species from what we were on Earth to something else, something better. The That's cow's eating the bottom of the plant! Oh, oh my, my god. god! Shit! What are we gonna do? We're halfway between the moon's surface and the Valhalla. Well, what we think might be Valhalla. Oh, you're right, sorry. What we think might be Valhalla. Um, keep going. Stay put. Go back. Make love. Sharon, Sharon come what? on. No? no? All right. Up, up, up. This is the only way to go. Higher, higher, faster. higher. Climb faster. Faster. Climbing. We're there. We made it. It's the lab. We're back to where we started. What? Did not see that coming. <laughs> There's a lesson here. What is that lesson, Dr. Brambleberry? The, when a cow nods diagonally, <laughs> it does not mean yes. Well, that should be in every school book in the world. <laughs> That's just going to change history as we know it. Yeah, I'm pissed off. That was the stupidest moral to a story I've ever heard. <laughs> well... Thinking on my feet here. I mean, I'm just it like, you know, usually you take years of study before you come to your conclusions. Oh, I mean, we we milked a cow. Yeah. Let's just go through all the steps. Yeah. <laughs> we we flew milked, the lab to yes with Sharon. two thrusters. That's we, right. She wanted us to impregnate her. We right. got rid of that. So yeah. Well, that, yeah. That's just and then I I I I, I uh, got astride the cow. Yeah. And reached underneath and started milking, milking it. Yes. And it was indigo milk. Everything was indigo. Everything started to grow. And it started to grow. And it grew larger and larger. Then you asked the cow if we should climb it. It nodded diagonally. That's where things That's went That's really hard. Then we went up to the top, uh, and it started yeah. eating the bottom. The ducks. The, ducks, the, duck, the right, duck was the duck there. Thing, yeah. Now, where's the duck now? It's maybe still a cloud? It's behind oh. you. Oh, it's... <laughs> Well, we know he doesn't like ducks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> the only thing that remains, the only thing that is not answered, is the only thing. The only right. thing that remains. only one. I thought we covered it. The one thing that remains a mystery uh -huh. is where that light emanated from, or if I want to use English properly, from where that light emanated. True. Maybe, gentlemen, there are some things we're just not meant to know. Actually, uh, there's just a smudge on the Myerscope. What? Sharon, did you clean the Myerscope like you were supposed to? Oh. <sighs> well, nobody's getting pregnant today, Sharon. God damn it. <laughs> the end! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming tonight. A round of applause for Colin Mockery. For Elliot Meyer from the University of Toronto. For Chris New on the sound effects and keys. Indigo of Sharon. 
Improvised by Illusionoid, starring Paul Bates, Lee Smart, Nug Nargang, and special guest star Colin Mockery. Live music and effects by Chris New. Special thanks to Elliot Meyer from the University of Toronto for being our interview subject on this show. Recorded live at the Social Capital Theatre, November 19th, 2015. You can listen to Illusionoid, but now you can wear Illusionoid. Visit our store on tpublic.com to get the official Illusionoid t-shirt. All proceeds from the shirt go directly to support this podcast. Go to tpublic.com and search for Illusionoid. Get the official t-shirt of the doomed future at tpublic.com. Illusionoid can be heard on Stitcher. Listen to over 25,000 radio shows, podcasts, and live radio stations for free on your iPhone, iPad, Android, and PC. Discover the best of news, entertainment, comedy, sports, and talk radio on demand with Stitcher Radio. We hope you've enjoyed the Illusionoid podcast. You can submit a title for a future episode. Tweet it to us at IllusionoidPod or post it on the wall of our Facebook page and give us a like while you're there. Also, stop by our iTunes page and give us a review as those ratings help us climb the charts. Thank you for listening. Keep your time radios tuned in for another transmission from the future on Illusionoid. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. I'm Ina Garten. Welcome to Be My Guest, the podcast. One of the best gifts you can give friends is spending time together. But what's even better than that? Cooking with them. On Be My Guest, the podcast, new friends and old stop by my barn for some conversation and great cooking. We talk about food, life, and everything in between. Listen to Be My Guest, the podcast with me, Ina Garten, and join us wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.